Hey guys, it's Pete, and you're listening to Sports in 5 here on Stuff You Don't Need to Know. And we're talking NFL, specifically NFL conference football. Four teams, two games, the play for the right to go to the Super Bowl in Minnesota. First game we had was Jacksonville going in, Jacksonville Jaguars it is, going into the New England Patriots at Gillette Stadium to play for the AFC title. Now, Jacksonville, you know, this whole time playing kind of on house money. I mean, no one expected them to be here just because of their quarterback, Blake Bortles, who has been up and down all season. Uh, I mean, every media outlet's been bashing him. I even haven't been real positive about about uh, Bortles' play as well as, you know, he was drafted number three overall a few years ago, and he has just not really met the expectations that the Jaguars really thought that he he would bring to this team. Uh, you know, the Jacksonville's defense really got them to the championship game. I mean, the first game in the in the playoffs when they played the Bills, I mean, they won 10 to 7 and Bortles really didn't help at all in that game. And, you know, the second game when they played Pittsburgh, yes, we saw better play. Um but again, it didn't look like Pittsburgh wanted to be there either. Uh, again, Bortles did have a better game, but he needed to put on his best game if he was going to play the Patriots. And you know what? We kind of got a really great game out of him. Um, I'm not going to go there and say that he's now the, you know, the the cream of the crop. Uh, he, I mean, he came out. He really put some good numbers up. I mean, comparing comparing him to his counterpart, Tom Brady. I mean, Bortles had 23 completions, 293 yards passing and a touchdown. I mean, Brady had 26 completions, 290 yards and two touchdowns. But again, the New England Patriots, they can beat you in many ways. Now, uh, just to go back a little bit here, these four teams that are in these in these two games have top five scoring defenses. So I think if Jacksonville was going to win this game, they need to turn the ball over and score a couple points for the offense for them to win that game. And we did see the defense really pound on Brady, get to him, especially with the more, it was really a four-man front and making Brady kind of pass in and out. And again, early in this game, Brady threw a pass to Gronkowski who got hit and was out for a concussion. So at that point in time, I'm watching the game thinking, okay, well, you got Brady's best receiver out of there. We can. This might be the the year that they don't they don't get there. Well, the first half Jacksonville played this game like you thought Jacksonville was going to run away with it, even though it was fourteen to ten. The defense of Jacksonville just kept pounding and pounding. And to be honest with you, I watched this this game. I've watched the Patriots before. I don't think I've ever seen their punter before. And this game, you saw him at least four or five times. Um, but then again, second half, now Bill Belichick and Tom Brady in their their mad scientist way come back out and find a way to win this game. Uh, again, the third quarter, Jacksonville does a great job of holding them down, um, only holding them, you know, holding them to no points in the third quarter, uh, and but they only scored three of their own. Now, there have there was some problems in this game with referees. And I know, shock, shock, surprise, the calls go towards the Patriots. Uh, there was seven total 
accepted penalties here in this game, six of them on Jacksonville, one on New England. And then there's a couple other questionable calls that were made during this game that made me think maybe there, maybe it's 12 versus 11 on the field when you're playing the Patriots. Um, there's some pass interference calls that were there. Uh, the Which, you know, here and there, pass interference is um, questionable. I mean, the referees have been questionable here anyway. I could kind of let that pass, but there was a play in this game where it was a fumble by Miles, Miles Jack stripped the ball from Lewis. He rolled over, the ball landed on his, on his stomach. He got up and he ran. Before he could even get halfway down the field, the refs blew the whistle. Why are they blowing the whistle? Let the play go out and see what happens. Um, you know, so Tony Romo's on the, on the broadcast saying, oh, well, let's see if, if it's a turnover or turnover. I mean, you clearly watch it. It's a turnover. They should have been watching whether or not Jax was touched or not because he wasn't. If he gets that touchdown, this game is a different story. And it's, it's 24-10, not 17-10. So in the fourth quarter, again, Brady comes back with his mad scientist ways and brings the team back to to win this game 24 to 20, which, again, the Patriots not only listen, as much as we want to complain about the referees, Tom Brady is probably the best I've ever seen play football in the quarterback position. So let's talk about some of the Patriot records here that happened in this game. The Patriots extended a record to seven straight AFC title games. Seven straight. That's unbelievable. They are now third on all time in appearances in the conference game with 14. Uh, if you can tell me the two other teams that are in front of them, let me know on Instagram and um, call us, call in here on, on Anchor as well as at Instagram at SOKeefe37 at Stuff You Don't Need to Know. I will tell you that the the fifth team on this list is the Oakland Raiders. So, you know, let me know, and I'll tell you the answer to that question later on and see what happens. Um, again, now, this is the eighth Super Bowl for Belichick and Tom Brady together. They are, they are now, wow, I can't even say it, seven and two, six and, I mean, sorry, five and two in Super Bowls. They could easily now be six and two. If they do win their sixth Super Bowl, they'll be tied with the, the Pittsburgh Steelers for most titles in history. So that's enough of the Patriots. We had another game out there, which was definitely entertaining, but very shocking as well. Uh, Minnesota looking to be the first team to actually play a Super Bowl in their home building. Went into Philadelphia as uh as favorites, you know, Philadelphia, who has been been kicked around after uh, Carson Wentz went down with his injury, you know, Nick Foles being the quarterback of this team, no one had faith in him. Even I didn't have faith in him. Again, um, you know, I saw him play the first couple games that he took over, especially the one against the Raiders, and he did not look good. Uh, the, the thing that helped Philly and Nick Foles was their defense. And when we first came out of this game here in the first quarter, I was thinking, oh, boy, this is going to be a long game for Philly. Minnesota came out. They scored seven points uh, pretty quickly. 
their defense was holding pretty well. They actually had a turnover, which would have made that game 14-0 if they could have popped it in. But they ended up punting, and Philadelphia came back and scored a touchdown, and then they just didn't stop. Nick Foles came out. It's like he had the clippings in his locker about how bad he was and how the media was destroying him because he came out all guns. He had 26 completions, 33 attempts. That's seven incompletions, by the way, guys. 352 yards and three touchdowns. Now, you know, Philadelphia's been known for their run, too. Ajaye had 73 yards. Blunt had 21, but this was all Nick Foles. He threw the ball up and down on Minnesota. At one point, you know, Minnesota, like I said, Minnesota was the favorite in this game. By halftime, it was 24-7, and it kind of felt like it was like 45-7. Second half, Minnesota just couldn't do anything. I mean, Case Keenum, who came in uh, into this game for the Vikings as like the, the next coming, of Tom Brady just couldn't get it done. Philly's defense really just kept pounding him and pounding him. I'm actually surprised that uh, Coach Zimmer didn't take him out in the third quarter and bring in Bradford. It was that ugly. Uh, Keenum finished 28 for 48 with 271 yards. The rushing attack of the Vikings, which has been great all year without Cook, McKinnon and Murray had a total of 58 yards together. So you could see that Philadelphia's defense was there uh, to take names and prove that they're no underdogs. So this game finished at 38 to 7. And, you know, the, like I said, I predicted this game to be 20 to 17 and close. No one, no one out there saw the Phillies, Phillies, Eagles winning this game other than Eagle fans. So Eagles will now play the New England Patriots in Super Bowl 52 in Minnesota. This will be the second time they're actually meeting in the Super Bowl. The last time they met was in 2004, the days of Terrell Owens. Um, this is Philly's third Super Bowl appearance. They are 0-2. Um, we'll talk more about that game as we go forward in the next couple weeks. Um, I'll give you my predictions probably the week, the couple days before the Super Bowl. Um, again, this is going to be a great game. Currently, the spread is six and a half points. So um, there's a lot of faith in the Eagles coming out of Vegas. All right, so what are we going to talk about over the next couple of weeks? I want to talk Super Bowl, but we're going to talk something different about the Super Bowl. I want you guys to Instagram me as well as um, call in to Anchor and tell me your favorite Super Bowl commercials as well as your favorite Super, Super Bowl halftime shows. I'm at Instagram at soKeefe 37 or at stuff, your, stuff You Don't Need to Know. You can call us here at on Anchor. You can listen to us on iTunes. Um, so I, I will be putting out some of my favorite moments. We'll talk about those on a couple of the shows going forward. Uh, so make sure that you're following us on Instagram and you're calling in. Make sure you also follow Nerd and Me, Enter the Nerd Zone, and Fat Guys in Little Coats on Instagram, as well as on Anchor. And I hope to talk to you guys soon.